0: I hope you're happy, Brad. Always. Last week? Never. Yeah, never's right. Um <laughs> for all of us right now. Last week we talked about desks huh? and I was ashamed of my situation so I took 3 days.
1: 3 days. Well, first, I had to clean out the drawers beside my <laughs> three desk days, so that I had room to put the shit from my desk someplace. That's fair. Also, I'm not, you know, I don't want to preemptively throw any shade here, but that printer table behind you there, it seems like the cone of cleaning did not extend all the way across the room.
0: It, it, it look, it made it up until the wood part, right? The, okay. The wood is. Yeah. The, the past the wood is a dumping ground. So, um, yeah, first I had to clean off, uh, the, the, the shelves Then I had to clean off the desk surface and then I unplugged everything, took all the monitors off, all the speaker, everything came off the desk. Wow. I cleaned it all. I rewired everything. I bought a bigger power strip, so I only have one power strip under there for each computer now. You made
1: an investment in your own sanity.
0: I I, hold on. I'm not done. I got wire baskets on the advice of people in the discord that I screwed into the bottom of my desk and now. The power strips don't live there yet because I, I need one more basket. But the cables and like my audio interface and um, my like switcher, my hardware switcher between the two computers, all that stuff, everything that I don't need to touch on the day to day lives in that basket. Suspended my, in the air. My wires go straight back. There's little cable drop hooks at the end of those wires. So they hold them in place, but I can get them out easily if I need to. Excellent.
1: Have you have have, you achieved the, the real question, though? Have you achieved true desk nirvana? Tidiness Nirvana and cleared it's, the floor under the desk. Uh,
0: I there's there are two power strips and some cables. Oh, under Those, those right, the power strips. Yes. OK, yeah, I got I got to get okay, the baskets.
1: Yeah. True. I, true joy. Ultimate purity. Is it was really to, nice for about it, 20 minutes and now it's, it's
0: already a little messed
1: up. Again. Well, I get it. I get it. But but yeah. the, the ultimate purity here is to be able to push a vacuum right under your desk and just vacuum. I don't worry. I mean, I have it. a
0: little foot thing under there,
1: so That's, I can't ever well, do know, that. It's
0: whatever. It's, I know, think. Just,
1: As long as you don't eat up any cables with a vacuum, then you know you've made it. So I bought foot pedals last
0: year for for like, I thought I was going to use them for leaning in PUBG so I could lean without moving my fingers off the movement keys. I
1: figured you were going to like say you were getting into iRacing or something, but I never considered using your feet as just generic inputs. Yeah, So, but I think I'm going to use them for like push to talk and push to mute. That's not the worst idea. Yeah, it's like,
0: so I might screw them into my footrest, my little little tilty footrest thing. Wow, yeah, I'm not sure. So, the, see, the, the the desk student has become the master. I see. Well, look, I'm I I get a little weird about stuff. I, the 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 thing I the problem I have with the foot thing is that it's, I have hardwood and it slides. Mm. So like I like I feel like both my chair I'm I'm always kind of floating. Right, I'm always like if I lean back too far, I can slide around. I, it's not great. I bought
1: um two hundred and two rubber feet. From Amazon oh. for like six ninety nine or something. So, do you do you know about st- the nano bubble sticky
0: material? What what? Oh, hello! You're, I'm about to change your life. I'm typing so, nano
1: bubble into Google as we speak.
0: Um, so. I'm holding up the camera, but you can get like this stuff that looks like double sided foam. And one side is just normal 3M sticky stuff. OK. And oh, wrong camera. And then the other side is this. It has like micro bubbles on it, nano size bubbles on it. Huh. So if you're on any kind of smooth surface, you
1: can it'll suction onto it. And wow. it's on, I would say, surprisingly well. I'm scrolling their website and reading about brownie in motion and neutral buoyancy right now. So who is this? Does it does it actually cling? Like, will it actually defy gravity?
0: So I have stuck an iPad Mini on the front of a cabinet as wow. they advertised. Wow! <laughs> um, I don't think it'll go upside down, but it'll do. It'll do vertical. It'll do surfaces. It's great for like. I have my mouse, my mouse wrist rest, and my keyboard wrist rest stuck down with that stuff because then I can peel them up and it and it resticks. Um, what else did I do? I a lot of the cable drop things are there. Like my little switch for the for the um for the hardware usb switchers on that my stream deck is stuck down with that stuff my microphone my headphone amp all that stuff is stuck down with that stuff i love that stuff it's really good Did
1: you know the, the aeration industry expert michael stenstrom said that nan- the, the, the company's nano bubble generators provide the highest oxygen transfer efficiency of any aeration technology he has tested so far
0: oh no, no that's different that's not the stuff we're talking about oh no <laughs> No, that's a different. That's a different that's a type different of nano bubbles.
1: Okay, that's. Nan-
0: I think it's nano suction tape. Is what I just you're clicked? I clicked
1: the first link that came up when I typed nano bubble in. So Nan- nano suction.
0: Yeah, su- Sewell. Aha. Air okay. fuse nano microfilm suction. Oh man, this you get from Amazon for like
1: a sheet for fifteen bucks. Slightly less exotic as material science goes. I'm sorry. It's still nano though. That's good, right? That's yeah. The smaller the better. Welcome. Brad and Will made a tech pod. I'm Will. I'm Brad. Will. I don't know that we have ever struggled so much to come up with a topic as we did this week. This has been a challenging week on <laughs> a lot of fronts. <laughs> yeah, um,
0: none, none related to the tech pod as uh, always. Yeah. Tech pod and tech pod related interactions have been a source of, of, of
1: brightness and joy yes, in yes. otherwise grim time. This podcast exists within a bubble of positivity.
0: Yeah, it's it's what's well, funny. I I was a friend of mine on Twitter this morning was like, I think people are probably willing to pay for mediated social networks that don't have all of the horrible things that are on the big social networks. Mm, and sure. I was like, yeah, I have actual, you you know, like proof of that. People are are paying to hang out in our discord with other like minded individuals That's right. right now. That's right. Um, and share things about their hobbies. and I've, you know, I've
1: seen it. I've seen a similar effect on certain forums that charge for posting access kind of self selecting for yeah. better conversation.
0: Yeah. It turns so out forth.
1: stuff like that. now. Yeah. Who knew? Yes.
0: Um, this week uh we thought uh, uh after a great deal of conversation, some feedback from the folks in the Discord, uh we thought uh a retrospective, a a nostalgia trip
1: might yes. be in order. Yeah. And welcome. Just I happened to click on a website earlier that I realized has been around for well over two decades at this point. Yeah, that, I, that I've been going to for pretty much that entire time. And I was just like, you know what? So things kind of getting a little long in the tooth. My
0: my first uh, <laughs> my first job writing was for Ars Technica, which now has been around for 21 or 22 years, depending on what the like it was. They started in the summer of 98,
1: man. I was, yeah. I was expecting this podcast to be all warm and fuzzy and full of nostalgia, but if it's just going to remind us of our mortality, it's just maybe not working as intended. Well, I was going to say the thing
0: that was funny is was I think our tagline was the, um, you know, something about covering technology for two to times ten to the negative two years or something like that.
1: But we messed up the exponential for <laughs> a really long time and nobody noticed. Did. Nobody did? No, nobody. That seems like something that somebody would check the math on instantly.
0: Well, it was harder to give direct feedback back then. You had to open an email client or something. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I don't know. As we were trying to think of topics, I just, I like, got at some point it was just like, you know, reminiscing about the good old days is a good, fun, warm, fuzzy thing that everybody can feel good about at I a time so. when nothing else feels very good. So yeah, let's so just, uh, let's just deliver, uh, 45 minutes of escapism here.
0: Yeah. That's what we're here for. And, and I mean, it feels good for us too. So that works for yeah. everybody, but, yeah. um, we've kind of hinted on this a little bit, but the, I wanted. I thought, I thought first time on the internet was a good idea. Yeah. Like, like what it was like on the internet when we started, because it, it's a dramatically different time. And, and you and I are just enough different enough in age mm-hmm. that like, my guess is that your first time on the internet and my first time on the internet were pretty tr- different.
1: Yes. I would say it's based on your talk about owning Wang and stuff like that. You definitely have a few hey. years
0: on me going want to talk about the Wang.
1: Yeah, We're, that's a different show. That's, that's just that's for
0: patrons only.
1: That's fair. Um Yeah, I know we've we've hinted around this stuff a little bit. Like when we talked about building PCs back in the day, and like when we ranked the Windowses and some yes. stuff like that. I know that like kind of early internet access has come up a little bit here and there. Like I for for whatever reason, the words trumpet windsock want to tumble out of my mouth as a way to kick this off. Oh, see, but, I was way that's before. that was going to say before but that. Yeah, but that's probably even late for you.
0: So I start, I got internet access when I went to college in the fall of 93, which makes me part of the, the, the dark, like I was part of the people that destroyed the internet the very first time is my understanding. The the eternal September. Eternal September. Yeah. You you were one of them. I was one of those kids. Wow. Um,
1: And we should, we should, I don't know how hard this would be. We should find somebody who was on the other side of that. One of the old school grognards. <laughs>
0: oh, I know people who can do that. Who can have really? that conversation? Yeah. How, how old? What's the age range we're talking here? Like three years older than me would have been. Oh, it. really? Oh, okay. yeah. I was, like
1: I was envisioning somebody who was like a gray bearded sysop even then. I'm sh- somebody sure somebody who was like somebody who was like developing like co developing Unix in the 70s or something. Well, so it's it's funny the people
0: the people that I know now that were on the other side of that were basically. You know, it's, it's, it's the normal early internet exclusioning bullshit where like, you know, you, you are, you, I am, I am six months cooler than you. So you can get fucked, sir.
1: I was, I was here before you. I know about all the cool stuff that you'll never
0: understand. Yes, exactly. I was here when it was good. Not when, not when your alt dot binaries dot Barney dot die dot die dot die was the hot
1: news group. Nerd. Uh, Does that still exist? I hope so, but I'm sure um, I'm sure we will talk about Usenet. But thank you to Google somewhat uh, sincerely, somewhat ironically for archiving the whole of Usenet. Yeah, right. I mean,
0: it, 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 so, OK, so I, I got a Vax login because I wasn't a CS student. If you wanted a Unix login when I started at Vanderbilt my freshman year, you had to be a C, You had to be a CS student. So I got a Vax login and I was excited because I could send theoretically these electronic mails to my high school friends who were at other schools.
1: Okay, this is how I know we've talked about this before because VAX is VACS, right? Not VAX. No VAX.
0: Oh. Okay. It's a DEC thing. Okay. I think. It's like a it's like a mainframey type timeshare, time, share, got time slice computer. Got it. It's all terminal access. Okay. So you got a VAX login. My Wang 386 SX25, no math coprocessor, um, didn't uh had a modem, had a 14.4 modem. So I used that to dial into the to the terminal and this was before the web. So the, like there was at this time, I mean, I guess, I guess it wasn't technically before the web, I guess the web was being
1: created around that time, right? Yeah, like links was new,
0: maybe. I didn't, I didn't use links for a really long time from this point. So the first two years of my internet access were all shell based. Okay. Uh, it wasn't so what, until 1995 that I got a slip or PPP login. So, yeah.
1: So that's what I was going to ask. What kind of connection that was? I mean, it was just a, literally just a serial console and that was just it? a
0: serial console over a okay. modem. Okay. And, and like you'd get this login and then you had, there was no documentation or anything and we didn't have the internet to, you couldn't Google the documentation. So basically I would open up the console and type help. And it was like figuring out the best adventure game, text adventure game in the world. Uh,
1: sure. So I was I was going to ask if there was any kind of menu driven interface. So they just dumped you at a prompt, dumped you at a prompt. And like it, you would
0: say help, or eventually you learned the, the, I think DIR worked. So you could see the list of commands that were accessible to you in your home directory and stuff like that. But, but like, there were um, there were some exchange students from I think the Philippines who lived in the lounge, you know. Even private schools are underfunded. It turns out in the U.S., so the the exchange students had to live in what was previously the student lounge on the end of the floor, and they uh, taught me how to use IRC because they were using IRC to talk to family at home because it was cheap. Sure. Um, we would do Usenet. Uh, I knew how to use Usenet early on, but Archie and Gopher. Ironically, w- were the things that kind of like exposed the power of the internet to you. Huh, to to Interestingly.
1: that's interesting because I we got our first like kind of permanent. I mean, it was a dial-up connection, but first like full-on commercial internet access. Yeah, at my house in '96, and even by then, I think Archie and Gopher were. I'm not sure they were still in use, but like I never came into contact with them. Like they were already so, kind of in decline at that point. I think.
0: So, so they were almost like. It was almost like somebody had said, hey, let's take these BBSs and apply them, make it make it easier to connect between them. Is that, was, is that what
1: those are?
0: It's basically, basically... a menu driven interface. Okay. OK, so you sure. would like you would type Archie and then an IP address or a, or a domain name and that would point you. And it was usually something really esoteric, like an actual machine name, not a not a, you know, not just a straight URL. Um, so it would be like you know, Vax 0506 dot cincinnati dot edu or you know what, whatever your thing was and it was often tied into like mini card catalogs for the library for all of the documents that they had online so you could kind of drill down by topic you, there were searches sometimes it was it was a really it was a weird interface for, for like finding information on the web all still at, console based all like, still console based or yeah, was there
1: any really like real meaningful difference between the two protocols um, or standards so, well, the the thing
0: was they weren't cross compatible at that point. So in order to like you had to find out, basically, I bought a book at the bookstore of Archie. There was a list of Archie and Gopher servers. <laughs> I'm sure that was timely because, well, I actually kind of was because it's not like anybody was doing a ton with them. And it was kind of hard to add information to them. So like they weren't changing. Like it was like the card catalog at your library it was oh, changing sure. when somebody yeah. would get a new book, but not. I guess the internet was not quite as active as it, as it is. Yeah, that's an understatement. Yeah. But, it, but it, So I don't know that I ever found anything useful on either of those, right? Like okay. but it, Most of my early early internet access at that point was like going into Pound Quake or Pound Doom on Fnet and like Wait, hoping that on. Romero would come hang out in IRC
1: one afternoon. You pronounced yeah. the pound as pound? Back then you did. I always pronounced it as channel.
0: Oh, wow. No pound, <laughs> man. Um, Nonsense. Like, like I ended up making friends with the Linux admin when I, so I transferred to UT after my first year because I didn't want to pay for Vanderbilt. I didn't want to gr- graduate with a hundred thousand dollars in debt. Um, And I'll, also I almost funked out because I was playing a lot of doom. Yeah. Full disclosure. Yes. Uh I get it. But
1: mm-hmm. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I mean, can, I can, I can identify,
0: uh, but, but so we got. So I was using IRC a fair amount. I was using Usenet a fair amount. I, you, in order to download stuff from Usenet back then, you would have to Kermit. You'd, you'd have to use Kermit or Xcopy or one of those things to like transfer the binary, switch the modem from, from ASCII to binary mode, and, and or switch the terminal from ASCII to binary mode and, and suck down the binary file. It wasn't anything. I mean, there was I'm sure if you had faster connections, there was a lot of useful shit on Usenet at that point. But mostly it was just like
1: pictures and and
0: it was this was prior to MP3s or anything like that. So you you were downloading MIDI files, probably music.
1: I'm over here Googling Kermit and Archie and all this stuff as you talk about it and just resisting going off on 18 different tangents.
0: Yeah, it was a it was a weird like I never, I a, never
1: knew Kermit was a file transfer protocol. That's I, like if I get I, the thing is, I've always heard all these names, you know, I've always yeah, heard yeah. about Gopher and Kermit and all that stuff, but I never knew exactly what it was. Um, It was it was a weird and, and also the those file
0: transfer protocols and the noise, the modems were noisy enough and not very good at error correction at that point. So. Like if there was a blip on your phone line when you were in the middle of downloading a, a, an image file or something, just there would some just nice be a nice corruption weird, in there. Yeah. Pink line right <laughs> across
1: the middle yep. of the image. Sure. Sure. Um, God, this, this reminds me that there was a search engine for Archie called Veronica. Yep. Yep. That's ridiculous. That that was maybe <laughs> the advantage of
0: Archie over gopher when I think that's, about
1: it. That's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> <laughs> The backronym for Veronica is very easy rodent oriented net wide index to computer archives. <laughs>
0: Because Archie, I think, was a superset of Gopher,
1: right? I think that's kind of what I'm picking up from this as I quickly skim these Wikipedia pages. Yeah.
0: You know, early open source drama where somebody forked the project. There's an RFC for Gopher. And apparently there's still Archie and Gopher uh, sites up. I I want to go check that stuff
1: out. I I have to go check that stuff out. I'm fascinated. I assume there must be like web-based clients for that stuff at this point.
0: Yeah. So when you log into it with a web-based client, you'll see. Why would
1: I? I, Fuck. I've got a. have literally logged into a bash prompt or or was it? shell prompt but as we speak why would i use a web-based thing I when i can actually
0: huh i'm curious if you'll even have a um
1: if you'll even have a archie client accessible i bet there's something kicking around yeah hey,
0: well you anyway on. so
1: let me go to, let me go to freshports.org and type archie in and see what i can find nothing hey. okay
0: hey there you go let's see get fucked
1: archie man there is a gopher client okay
0: the gopher client probably talks to Archie too, if I had to guess. Okay.
1: Okay. I might have
0: to fiddle around with this a little bit later. Um if somebody wants to set up an official tech pod Archie client where we have one oh, level yes, per episode, that would be please. amazing. Um, I don't I'm just saying that because I don't want to do it. Um
1: uh, the uh, real real quick, I was just gonna ask before we move on. Did yeah. uh did those services ever use any kind of like ANSI graphics? Like, I mean, how BBS-ish were they?
0: So I don't remember, I mean, maybe there were some ASCII graphics on Archie and Gopher logins. There was a lot of that stuff. If you would like Telnet into that, like, I feel like that stuff came on more with MUDs. Okay. So MUDs, MUDs were a little bit later. Maybe um, multi-user dungeons. Multi-user or MUDs, multi-MUD uh, uh MUD object oriented. So basically, like a MUD is basically like a specialized IRC server that has scripting and stuff so that Players can extend it uh, in a lot of cases, and you'd end up with these like, you know, kind of the actually they begat things like like the people that made Ultima Online started as mud designers. That makes sense. Or uh, Origin hired them. That checks out. uh, Straight from from mud designs, and then they just
1: strapped a UI on top of it. Ultima Online is just an attempt to make a graphical mud.
0: Yeah. In a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. EverQuest as well. Sure. Um, And, and more so after EverQuest is becoming their own thing, but, but it was very much like a text. There were combat ones. There were Star Wars ones. There were social ones. Like there was this thing called Lambda Moo that was just a huge, yeah, it was a huge um, user-generated... It was maybe the first piece of user-generated content I ever saw, actually, when huh. I think about it. Because, like, the makers wrote the initial lobby and made some special areas at the beginning, but then you could just basically put an object in any room. If you get the owner of the room to put an object in it, that object could link you out to anywhere else in the world. And it became this massive just snarl of, like, like there, was, there were different areas. There was, like... It, it, it's kind of... It's what I'm sure Ernie Klein was thinking about when he wrote the descriptions of the metaverse, the Oasis and Ready Player One. Sure. Um you know, because problems with that book aside, the description of the metaverse that he came up with I, and that Neil Stevenson came up with in Snow Crash, I think are probably the two the two key points for me. Sure.
1: So, um, all right, don't, don't let me derail this conversation too much, yeah, yeah. but I, I mean, I could come up with endless questions about all this stuff. Um. So you were connecting on that Wang remotely, like from your dorm or wherever you were living? Like you weren't having to go into a computer lab to get to this stuff at this point, right? So if you at that point, if you went in the computer lab, they were connected,
0: but most of the lab machines didn't have the stuff like I don't know that there was a terminal on the lab machines because okay. they were mostly connected to the internet for printing. So were you running Windows on,
1: on the three eighty six then, or yeah, was I was running Windows. Okay, so like, what was the terminal client situation like in Windows at that point? Huh. Like, was it just I, built? It was it built into the dialer you were using? Like, I'm thinking back even on like when when I got onto BBSs in like probably '94 is when that started, and I don't yeah. remember. I I remember next to nothing about like, I, maybe the modem came with some kind of dialer software that had a. Terminal built into it, I guess. I really I th- don't remember what that software situation was like. I think that the IT department gave me a
0: floppy disk with the dialer pre-configured to dial the the school's modem lines and had a terminal client. And okay. I feel like I probably downloaded a better terminal client at some point in the process of, of like noodling with all this stuff. Okay. like it, it, it. It's a really like thinking back on it. It's really weird because like there wasn't a lot to do. Right, Right? but it was, but it was also this big. It was almost like an, like it was a huge puzzle to figure out how all the stuff worked, and there weren't a lot of books at that time. I think the Internet for Dummies didn't come out until '94, and that was, that was kind of ironically a big. Hey, here's how to use Gopher. Here's how to use Archie. Here's how to use IRC, and and like Usenet, and here's all the different things you can do. And oh, by the way, you might want to check out this little thing called Links. It maybe is going to be a big deal one day. Right, but that was before PPP and SLIP were really used at least in my in my
1: experience Yeah, so I, th- I think we talked about it like maybe when we did the origin story stuff which has been probably God, almost a long time a year ago at this point but like yeah, yeah. when we got that first 14.4 modem it was at least a day maybe two days before i actually successfully dialed and connected anything because it was like on top of troubleshooting irq conflicts or whatever just to install the card once you got in there then you had to like write the init string to actually properly make it dial something and it was just yeah Yeah. So my
0: guess is the difference between your first time on the Internet and my first time on the Internet is when I first got on the Internet, it was probably maybe the second time I had heard about it. And the previous time was like in a Newsweek article about this thing that might be interesting in 10 years.
1: So you so you because you were at university, you had like a gateway into it. There were people there sort of facilitating it for you. Also, I should I should clarify that when I was on those BBSs, they had no semblance of access to the Internet whatsoever. Those were just tiny little rural town, self-contained bulletin boards. Yeah, pirate, with, pirate, pirate havens for the uh, they, was what I our, our, our pirate and porn of, were what ours were. I don't remember Bristol. a lot of piracy on those. There was a decent amount of shareware. Okay, I don't, I don't remember any like full games being traded. I mean, granted, you were on like you know you were on a fourteen four connection, <laughs> like you were not really going to be downloading unless you were going to leave something connected overnight.
0: Yeah, I feel like it would take what like an hour per floppy disk basically uh, to copy something on a fourteen four. Oh, trying
1: to think, God. Like I used to have a lot of stuff memorized. Like how long does it take to download yeah. a megabyte over a 44 connection? How long, what's the transfer speed to a three and a half floppy versus a five and a quarter. And that stuff's all gone. Yeah,
0: it's um, funny. Now, now something I had to download it up. I was playing Luigi's mansion last night. I hadn't touched it in six months and it took five minutes to download the patch from Nintendo because Nintendo's, but for whatever reason, their shit is always really slow. Yeah. And I was like, this is, this is, this is interminable. How do people handle this? Why I, would anybody do this?
1: On a, well, God, what was it? On a 14.4, well, I mean, we could do the math, but like, isn't it like roughly like one and a half kilobytes a second with, if you've got kind of full throughput? Kilobytes right? per second, right? No, no, no. Well, 1.5 oh, yeah, kilobytes four divided by It's 14.4 divided by eight. Roughly, so roughly, that's, yeah. It's something like that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yes, it was very, like 10 minutes per megabyte or something like that. It was yeah. f- incredibly slow. Um. I guess we should jump forward. So we got uh, we got our first, like I said, our first Internet connection in 96, which was a PPP dial up connection. Yeah. Well, and did I, you did do did AOL you, or something? Or were you no, you on a uh, yes, yes, we did. We did have there was a period of God, that's right. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, it was kind of BBS's in like 94 ish. And then there was probably a year or something of, of me daisy chaining uh, AOL free month. magazine included CD account deals back to back. I don't know if we require a credit card for that. I don't remember how I did that. I do remember like popping multiple AOL trials uh, off and on. I, I remember that there was a
0: period of time before credit card processing. People were okay with the internet. Like this is post 95 probably when like if you're if you're if you knew how to generate a credit, a fake credit card number that passed the hash of the last four digits, Yikes. you could basically you could basically sign up for free services oh with relative impunity.
1: That sounds pretty dangerous these days.
0: I, I it wasn't a good idea.
1: Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, a different time. Th- yes, that definitely was. There is every possibility that I kept convincing my parents to let me use different of the different ones of their credit card numbers, did you sign uh, up for different free trials? I don't remember. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, yeah, I, I was on AOL for some number of months or something like that, and then I found out about just the, the open internet and yeah. uh, the ISP in the next town over, which had had local numbers that we could connect to, uh, had pretty good service, so we got onto that. But um, did you get online on the actual internet from Windows three one at all? Because it was Windows ninety five was out and like it had its own TCP IP stack and all that stuff. So but did, I, you, but did you ever, did you ever, did you ever exist in that liminal space where I, you could get on the internet from windows 3.1, but you had to kind of make it all work yourself.
0: So I did that in labs at school for sure. Um, and, and, but, but at that point I was taking CS classes. So I was mostly doing internet from sun machines running X windows and we had mosaic on those. So you could okay. like, that was my first taste of like graphical internet, which wasn't that graphical at the time. Uh, the, the my Windows, so I i ordered a cup a copy of Trumpet Windsock because I we they enabled slip and PPP on our school ISP at the at basically like the the end in May, of right when the term ended, and then um by the time August rolled around, we came back, Windows 95 was out. So I, I ordered the Trumpet Windsock, used it for like a month. I ordered it at the same time we had pre-ordered Windows 95. <laughs> okay. And then Windows 95 came That's, and all that. I paid $100 for something completely useless. Oh, wow. I was going to ask how much
1: it was. I it was, was, I was, I was going to say, I bet it wasn't cheap because it was the kind of thing that you couldn't really get anywhere else.
0: It, it was a total rip off because it was like, it was all free software bundled up. in Because it was like Netscape, Trumpet Windsock, a Usenet client, a oh, mail client.
1: Wait, were you not buying it from the developer of Trumpet Windsock? No, because you had to get a CD. and oh, The no. developer of Trumpet Windsock was just a dude. Oh, was wait, was this guy was this, was this one of those? This is one of those like sleazy mid nineties bottom feeders that just yeah. packaged up other people's free software and sold it to you. Yeah, remember was all those legal? books you
0: bought at Costco? Yeah, yeah. Was, that, it's was like that.
1: that was that in fact legal? I don't know. I guess software licenses were not as buttoned up back then as they are now. I, I think as long as they like, I don't, I can't imagine it was illegal. Actually, they, they would have gotten stopped. I mean, this is going Amy, off on know. another tangent, but I'm trying to remember what happened with remember the third party collections of Doom wads that you could buy at Walmart. Oh, yeah. Like what happened with that? Like, wasn't there some legal action at some point? Well, Q
0: Q was the one who published a bunch of those and they were an imprint of somebody big like Wiley or something. So they would have they would have not uh, messed that up, I would think. OK, um, those Doom Wad it, books were am- like that's. I have a I have a Doomwad CD with the aliens. Right. Like even TCA, in that case, so they, they were
1: just going online and downloading a bunch of other people's free work and. Selling yeah. it to you on a disc, man. It's, it's,
0: man, it's data, man. It's information wants to be free, Brad. Right, Why are you going to bring
1: the man into this? Can't copyright zeros and ones. Um, it turns out, actually. Yeah. So, okay. So I I missed that whole weird Windows 3.1 phase of internet access. Like we It heard. was not great. Yeah. I'm, like, sure, I'm it, sure it was not.
0: It was, it was, Um, it it, it was uh, like, I mostly just ran everything on in, in terminal because it was so janky yeah like because also like at that point i guess until netscape came out and we started getting tables and image progressive image loads like it took so long to load any pictures you were better off just looking at the text page and links and sure yeah yeah that's it okay so you got on aol
1: yeah i I don't remember much about it honestly like You were probably pretty stoked for the Internet, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was blew by. I mean, even BBS is blew my mind. Like just the the idea of typing into a computer and somebody else being able to see it somewhere else in your town was like fucking mind blowing to me. Yeah, Uh, there
0: was there were definitely moments when people would come in. So we had a we had everybody, almost every room on our floor had a computer like one of the one of the people that lived in the room had a computer. So there was a pretty hefty. um T- trade in software. Walking up and down the halls when I was a freshman. Oh sure. Um, and as a result, like most people were playing games or like writing papers. Every once in a while, people would come in and just see text scrolling on the screen of my computer, and they'd be like, "What is that?" And I was like, "Oh, it's some IRC channel. I'm, I don't know. They're talking about how much Will Wheaton sucks or something." <laughs> and um, common topic back then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these were the important things back then. Uh, but but yeah, it was uh. There was always a moment of like, well, how are you seeing what they're saying on their computers?
1: Because nobody really got networks at that time, right? Like it was a weird concept, totally. Like Legend hey, of the Red Dragon on a BBS was probably my first exposure to some kind of online multiplayer game. I don't even know what that is. What is that? Oh my that? god, dude! Should Google? Let me see if surely there is a way to play Legend of the Red Dragon or Lord. As we usually refer to it uh, at the time, apparently there is a Jet Li film of the same name. So finding the BBS door game may be a little bit tough. Uh, It was just it was just a menu driven, like text based kind of medieval sword and sorcery RPG. Oh, that's awesome. And I don't remember much at all. Let's see. Here we go. Looks like you can play it on the web. It was very text based. It was very just like. Like you were standing in a wood. There is an imp here. What do you do? And there was just kind of menu of like swing sword or I, I was a multiplayer. Kind of, well, I don't remember how you interacted with it. May You may actually not have interacted with people now that I think about it. Mm. Like there may have been some very, very limited interaction with other players, but it actually maybe it was just a kind of single player thing. Anyway, yes, there are places to play that on the web. There's on this on Lord.stabs.org. There is one person playing Lord right now. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm rambling here. But like the, you know, the, like I God said, the stabs, it's good. point. Name. Is like just like the idea or, of like you said, the idea of doing something on a computer and somebody else on a different computer somewhere else seeing that reflected on their end was just like completely like head explode. Right. Yeah. Like, like I found uh, I randomly happened on the episode of the Computer Chronicles where they had a guy from Sierra showing off the Sierra network. And he was showing like, here's how you play cribbage against somebody in, you know, Dubai or whatever, you know, like Is it, it just, that's what became one. Right. Uh, I think that's right. Also, I, I, yeah, it, I'm pretty sure he was calling it the Sierra network at the time, but I feel like I remember it being called the entertainment network for a while. Oh,
0: yeah. Ten. Ten. ten? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, well, there were a bunch of those like Yahoo Games was one. Right. The Microsoft like,
1: X Zone or yes. Microsoft
0: Zone, whatever sure, that was.
1: I'm sure CompuServe had a similar thing.
0: Well, so the other weird thing about a lot of those early dial-in services, they were basing everything on the Arthur C. Clarke idea that you were going to pay by the minute or by the hour for that stuff. So, like you, yeah, yeah, like if you played the wrong game on CompuServe, you could rack up a fairly (laughs) substantial bill. Sure, Um, it, it was it was a weird. I mean, in retrospect, maybe charging for shit early on was the right idea. But anyway, um. That, that that stuff was all really weird, and yeah. then and then we got PPP access.
1: Yeah, so that's it, what I was working up to asking you about was that's what our first proper actual dial up connection was was a PPP connection. Do you have any recollection of like the functional difference between uh, PPP and SLIP?
0: Uh, it was it was just
1: different. It was just different protocols. It was just it was a different, different what your ISP supported. Just yeah, a different dial up standard. Like it I didn't actually change the nature of your internet access or anything like that.
0: No, you basically it was just a tunnel. Okay. across a modem I see. um either either way and the question was which hardware I feel like it was a hardware on the modem side as to which or on the router side as to which one was going to be supported. Okay. But I don't know for sure. Got it. Yeah I, I didn't it wasn't uh my school supported ppp I don't I don't think I ever actually saw a slip maybe maybe in May before the we might have been on slip before I, I know PPP was the later
1: protocol. Okay, Slip was I, I always had it in my PPU mind because it was better one. somehow. But I don't know where I got that impression.
0: I I, th- I feel like on Slip you had to always log in with a terminal or set up a script okay. to do that in PPP. Like you do that in the in the like it was built into the transmission. Yeah, like I, the I code.
1: Windows ninety five had like pretty decent built in setup stuff for for PPP connection. Yeah,
0: I I know that when we had the Slip connection. It may have just been because I didn't figure out the scripting to do it automatically, but I had to manually log in. I dialed in, then you'd log in, then the terminal window would okay. go away, and then okay. you'd have the direct. That connection. makes
1: sense. That makes that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Um yeah. After we got that connection, I pretty quickly found my way onto first Usenet for a few months, and then that led me to IRC. And then that was just kind of the end of everything. <laughs> but then I spent all of my time doing that. Yeah, it was it was funny. Like after Doom, so Doom
0: came out the fall. The Doom shareware came out in December right around finals time, which was deleterious to the quality of my grades. Yeah. Um, And, and we, my, I've told, I've told the story before my roommate worked in the computer lab. So we would go down and, or not one of the guys in my floor worked in the computer lab. We'd go down uh, and play doom after, after the computer lab closed at midnight. And th- after that, like that's when like somewhat sometime between then and, the fall of 95 or winter of 95 when Quake Test came out is when like Scary's Quake Holio, which became Shaq News and Redwoods, Redwood Stomp. Stomp. Uh, Blues it News. Was, The URL was redwood.stomp.com, but I think it was he oh, had yes. a name for it. It was, you're right. site it was yes, you're, you're Quake right. site or something. And Blues News, which is still like Blues News is
1: still around doing Blues, Blues, Blues News stuff. I don't. You know, uh, whatever. If, if, if the dude is happy, then more power to him. I, yeah, I don't. I, under, I don't understand how Blues News has not changed in like twenty plus years. Look, it, it's it's a it's like a it's like a it's like the coelacanth. It's a it's a living reminder of a time gone past. I mean, I'm talking like literal site design. Like it is. It's oh, the yeah. same. It is the same site design as uh, it had when I was in college and. Around the turn of the century, <laughs> but, well, but but yeah. modern content like they're like I'm looking yeah. at updates from today, Saturday, July 18th, as we record this. There are posts about a Ghost Recon Breakpoint free weekend, a Remnant from the Ashes DLC release, like coverage of what, modern games on a site that hasn't changed in over 20 years. What does Blues News think about Dark Souls, right? right. Like what It's, so, it's wild <laughs> yeah. to me. It's cool. It, it's I'm not trying to knock it. Like I think it's it's kind of it's really fascinating, but I just don't know what the nature of this site. Here's Last of Us Part 2 sales figures. Anyway, well,
0: But but I mean the thing that was weird
1: about that time was that the people that were covering that were into
0: into the emerging first person shooter scene centered around ID mostly and a little bit of Epic at that point, but mostly ID at that point. Yeah, like they were the only ones that were producing regular content for the internet early on. Sure, like there were there were some like
1: Linux people, but like Slashdot wasn't around at that point. Um, yeah like those were early blogs basically and then, to be yeah. fair like Quake was an industry into itself basically like the amount of stuff happening around that game was completely like looking back on it now completely insane Well, from and, like from like the first mods I mean you know like Doom had very rudimentary modding support but in terms of like actual new game modes being created like it was well, kind but, of the first place that multiplayer mods happened like skins player skins came from there I, well and there
0: weren't there wasn't it's not like there was a constant churn. This is hard to understand now, but like it's not like there was a new game coming out every week. There were definitely new games coming out every week, but there weren't new games like Doom coming out every week. Right. Right. So so like if you wanted to keep playing new stuff that was like Doom, you were you were scouring Usenet groups and downloading mods and going to like Stomped and downloading whatever the the new mod that was the on the popular list that week was. Right.
1: Um like and, you remember and, when you were... Oh, go ahead. Oh no no. Do you remember playing Capture the Flag in Quake for the first time? Like that was a completely mind blowing thing. Oh
0: yeah, like like th- that one, the, like the the even the stuff like the the people who downloaded the when the 3D accelerators came out, the people who did, who re revised the map so that you could <laughs> see through trans- the water, transparent
1: water, right? Yeah. Yep.
0: Um. But 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 there was a whole like so Carmack and the ID folks were posting like dev updates live like blog posts, but they were putting them in their plan files. Oh man, I had no, like, yeah, prior to that, I had no idea what a plan file was. Yeah, nobody, Uh, nobody used, I mean, okay, nerds used plan files like that. And it was a lot of like, if you were in the CS department at a university, there was a lot of like jokes going back and forth where you would burn somebody in your plan file. And like, (laughs) like, you know, people would have to figure out who it was that got burned. And then you'd burn that person back in your plan file. And it was just, you know, dipshit. 20 year old nonsense
1: corny software developer humor yeah Um, i have to i have to assume the plan files original purpose was from like the university setting right where any kind of like research was probably going on and stuff like that like i'm sure it was a way to
0: it was the same as like like your aim status message or what became twitter
1: right 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 you fingers you finger somebody's account and you get their plan back yeah problematic language but
0: okay um it, it, and and so Carmack started updating there. Then all the ID folks did, and then all the like the people in the studios that spun off or were lightly affiliated with ID started doing that. And it ended up being this whole, like like I think Blue or Redwood had a um, had a plan viewer. Yeah, I forget one of those sites started aggregating the plan files. Yeah, so you didn't have to actually terminal in to the plan file to the plan servers and and fi- and finger. John C. at InSoftware.com. At Saw, yeah. Yep. Um, and, and it, like it, honestly, those guys spawned a lot of what is now games journalism. Like, without, yeah. without, I think that's why, I think that's why all the bad stuff happens in games before it happens anywhere else is because that online games journalism stuff has been going on for five years bef- more than like yeah. th- that was before CNN had a website. Yes. Right. Like, yes.
1: It, it it was, it, you're right. It is a space that is very consistently ahead of its time in a lot of ways.
0: And and it is, I think, specifically because it is it literally started five, four or five years before anybody else. Anyway, sure.
1: Yeah, but it's, you know, it's also a very tech savvy. Yeah. Scene that is like plugged into emerging technologies and stuff like that.
0: Um, but also it shaped the way people cover games and the way people expect games to be covered and the yeah. way companies approach games you know journalists who are covering their products so yes anyway that's off yeah. that's kind of off topic
1: but yeah well, um, like that, that stuff was happening on the web and like i was i was on usenet at the same time where a lot of like kind of the 96 97 time frame like a lot of like late breaking news was being passed around there and then that stuff wow, trickled was, down to irc like I that's was, why yeah ahead. no no that's that's why i appreciate google archiving pretty much all of usenet because i can you can still go back and find all of your 25 year old usenet <laughs> posts like when i when I breathlessly went on probably all dot games Final Fantasy, because some Japanese magazine had reported that Square was moving Final Fantasy seven to the PlayStation. Nobody believed it. Wow. And I ran on there. I was just like, hey, have you heard about this? What the fuck? I,
0: I, so it's funny. I was in, I was spending a lot of time in IRC at that point. Yeah. So I was, I was seeing like, like every once in a while, I think I was in pound quake
1: one time. Is that Fnet? Fnet. Yeah. Like I, uh, I I'm. I, it's really sad to me that I'm starting to forget a lot of these details. But like, if I thought about it really hard, we could probably spend a whole episode just talking about IRC and all the weird idiosyncrasies of that service, and like server splits and channel takeovers and oh stuff like that. God,
0: yeah, I remember one time I ended up with an op on on a big IRC channel because of a horrible net split, and I mean this this is also a time when there was there were only a handful of routers that could route traffic across the country. So it's not like now where it's an actual web, but it was like may East and may West. And that's where all the country may East is where all the traffic coming from Europe came in. And may West was where all the traffic coming from the Pacific came in. And if one of those had problems, then everything would go to shit and they had problems all the time because yes. we were really bad at routing back then. Yeah. Um. So like, like if, if an IRC net split happened, Whoever got back into the channel first on one of the splits would have mod and op powers. Have ops, yeah. Plus, yeah. like
1: for you, if you never used IRC before, you basically set a. There's a bunch of modes you can set on, on users. So, like if you set somebody plus O, then they're an op in the channel. I Meaning they've got all kinds of like banning and kicking powers. Like they're basically owners. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what else there.
0: There were mo- there were know. mod powers plus X and stuff like that. There were. Yeah. There were there were like you you could mute people who didn't have the ability yes, to speak. You,
1: you basically could set people. I forget what the mode was, but yeah, you could set people so they could talk. And then anybody who didn't have that flag set couldn't talk.
0: Well, they, would, and there were there were like the, the whole point of it was you had to defend your territory. Right. Like, like in a fucking gang war like that, or something. I, dude,
1: that's totally where I'm going with this. <laughs> Is that like as as distressing as it was at the time. I don't know about you, but did you ever hang out in any channels enough to become like enough of a regular that you were like Like. Like an so op had permanent ops in there and stuff like that.
0: I didn't ever have ops and I had ops in smaller channels. And when we were doing right. like competitive, when I was playing competitive quake, then like I had ops and channels that were related to that, but it wasn't like, they weren't like high traffic channels. No, no, no.
1: no I, I wasn't either. Like the, the channel vid games on FNet is where I kind of got my start. And like, that's how I literally, how I have a job now. <laughs> was that Andy, Eddy?
0: wasn't Andy Eddie uh, had an op on was, that. I don't, he was active he, there. I think I
1: don't, he might've been in there a little bit. Or that might have been before my time. Like, I showed up in there like 96, 97. Okay. And by then, it was like kind of the second generation of EGM and the Ziff Davis mags. Like, Got a bunch it. of the guys from 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 those places were in there. And there were like random people from different game developers in there and stuff like that. It's just, it was a great networking opportunity. But um, that was like, I don't know, 30, 40 people at a time or something like that. But. What I was going to say was like as as distressing as it was when like a, a split would happen and somebody would some asshole would come in and take the channel over like it was almost like an kind of an on like an emergent online it was like a game. game. It was yeah. totally like the, Like you said, like a turf war of like people doing end runs around each other trying to get back in there. There was like social engineering involved to well, try you, to. Like you go in there and like like impersonate other people to try to get the the usurpers to trust you and all kinds of shit like that. It was wild because like the thing
0: to remember about IRC is back then at least you didn't actually log in. You just put what your name was, right? Your name could be
1: anything as long as nobody else on that server or on that network was using it.
0: Yeah. It was, I mean, eventually they added authentication and stuff like that right. for channel owners and things like that. Yeah. But like you had to, you had to run a network of bots that would sit and, and maintain the mod and op and the channel for you when you were offline. Get your egg and drop going. Yeah. Oh yeah. got to get that egg drop. Uh, that's why, that's why the shell accounts, those Unix shell accounts were so valuable because you could run stuff that stayed online all the time. Oh, sure. And the yeah. university's Unix accounts, Unix machines were pretty reliable compared sure. to, compared to like whatever else was running. Yeah so yeah it was uh it was it's, uh, that stuff was weird like every time i time. come into
1: contact with irc now which is almost never but but i'm uh, like i'm kind of blown away at how like open and kind of raw the whole thing is like for example whenever you join a channel on irc like it just flat out prints your ip right behind your username it, oh yeah right there, right there in the open channel for everybody to see you know well these aren't private right well no obviously there are ways to get them but like it just makes me think about stuff like discord and similar services these days that obfuscate so much of that stuff. Like there is so little, uh, I guess I would say like potential for fuckery there. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it's, it's so everything is a walled garden. Everything is very manicured and like well considered for the most part. Like you've got pretty limited options. Whereas like back in the day, it was just a protocol designed by engineers and nerds. You know, they weren't thinking about usability. They were just thinking about exposing as many options as they could. Well, and, 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 and there were a lot of ways to exploit that and do a lot of really weird stuff.
0: I mean, it, it's definitely indicative of the early time when no one considered bad actors on right. the Internet. Like, yes. like, like the net, the whole net split thing was one of the first examples of that people posting viruses and Usenet binaries and stuff like that was was m- not that much after that. And um, yeah, it was a weird time. Yeah, it was fun, though. It it was I mean, the thing is, the stakes were really low because it's not like your bank account was tied to
1: anything. So
0: if you lost your handle on IRC on Fnet, who fucking cared? You just made another one.
1: Eventually, the asshole or the attacker would get bored and go do something else. And then you would just show back up and take your Nick back.
0: Yeah. Well, and the point, their whole point, a lot of times the point was, hey, you need to have better security, dumbass. Right. You know, that was that was how the graybeards used to to, uh, you know, teach the people who ruined the Internet what they were doing wrong. Yeah.
1: So like, thinking back in my mind, it was that late 90s into kind of turn of the century era that was the sort of Wild West period. And then, like, for example, if I look back at my Amazon account, like my first Amazon purchase was in 2001 and social media started coming about in a major way, probably four or five or How do you see your first Amazon purchase? It's, it's all in the history. Like you can just go into the world. I to scroll up. back. Maybe not on the app. I don't know if they expose it all in there, but on the website, you absolutely can. Holy crap. Granted, that was college textbooks. Like that's when I was in college. And if you remember, like this is really hard to remember at this point, but Amazon was a bookseller first, right? So that's why why I I have, that's probably why I have Amazon purchases that far back is because they primarily sold books back then and I needed textbooks. So I got some of them there. Um, Anyway, point being, like the point I'm trying to make is like Amazon is a major force still, you know, like Facebook obviously is gigantic and like all of that stuff was coming about in the 2002 to five ish time frame. Right.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, the for me, the modern web starts kind of with Google, I think. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's another one, of course, Um, because I Actually, feel
1: like <laughs> early search engines is like a whole other tangent to go off on. But yeah, like yeah. I mean, once once Google came about, you were not touching AltaVista or Ask Jeeves or any of that stuff. Meta, do you remember
0: MetaCrawler? Vaguely, it, searched, yes. it searched Lycos yes. and Alta Vista Lycos, gone, and, yeah. and Jeeves and all the other search engines.
1: Uh, I was I was an Alta Vista guy primarily until until Google came about and destroyed so all the other search engines.
0: I just found my first Amazon order. Wow. Um, what do you got? It was on January fourteenth, nineteen ninety nine. Oh wow! It was eighty bucks, three items. Okay. Uh, a copy of the Truman Show on DVD. Okay. okay. A copy of Armageddon on DVD. Got it. And a pre-order of the BOS Bible, written by Scott Hacker, who's now a friend, which is a delight. B-O-S? Um, oh, B O S. Oh, B.O.S. Yes. B-O-S. Yes. Um,
1: which didn't arrive until May. So uh let's see. Um mine is a bunch of books for the Japanese literature class I was taking and mm. a copy of black and white for PC. Nice. That's a good one. <laughs> but Those are my 2001 orders. Um, wow. But anyway, yeah. yeah, like like you said, it was like Google, Amazon, Facebook, all the companies that define the Internet now started coming about in the early 21st century, which was kind I, of... Well, the, I mean, Microsoft
0: the, and Apple were around prior well, to that. Yeah, but yeah, but, like, but Microsoft
1: is like... Th- those are companies from the 70s, though. You know, those are like... Those were companies that existed in a prior era that, that transitioned into... yeah. Uh, internet businesses, but like the companies that exist because of the internet happened around that time. And like well, that to me, that's the end of that really wild West open era of the internet. And, and when things started getting a little more buttoned up,
0: th- there was a moment, I don't know if you, you might, it might've been too early for you, but Yahoo, when it started was like a search engine, but it was all human curated. I don't know if
1: people realize that. Huh? I don't think but, I Like I definitely used Yahoo, but I don't think I realized that.
0: Yeah, it was it was literally people would submit your website to Yahoo. A person would go look at it and oh, then they would wow. figure out what slot to put it in. Huh. So so like the results were really good until it got to the point that they couldn't keep up anymore. And then they were not good anymore. <laughs> sure.
1: It was just all old. I mean, that's really telling of how much content there was on the Internet back then. I mean, it 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 really was like it was hard to find. It it was really
0: profoundly unuseful until Google came around.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Like
0: if, if you wanted to do computer shit or you wanted to look up stuff about video games or you wanted to find out uh, how to do something on Unix, it was great for that.
1: Yeah. I thought but Google was the best thing ever for a number of years. And then I went and worked at a website that depended entirely on traffic from Google to generate ad revenue. Yeah. And then the first time that relationship went bad in some way, I was like, maybe they have too much power. Who knew? And it was too late. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, well. Yeah. Here we uh, are. <laughs> Who knew
0: that finding finding porn on the website was going to be the thing that gave Google, on the internet, was going to be the thing that gave Google infinite power.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. On that cheery note. Oh, wow, man. I'm sitting here looking. I'd, I've totally got the mailing address from the dorm I lived in oh, in wow. college on this, on this order. I had but a it was house almost then. 20 years old. Man, that's wild. I, that
0: was where I bought my first house. God, we didn't even get into there. the fact
1: that I when I went to college, I went to a very engineering oriented school. Did you have internet in the dorm? Like that's that's where, that's where I'm going with this. I went to a school that was known for, I had a massive computer science program, like huge engineering school. I got put in one of the three remaining dorms on campus that was not wired for ethernet. Oh my God. So I had a, so I had a dial up account I could use for my dorm or I could go to the computer lab. Nope. I, I rapidly (laughs) got myself moved to a dorm with ethernet as fast as I could. I took, um, it took a semester or two.
0: I was going to say, they wired the dorms for Ethernet the semester after I moved out. Oh, no. And I, and I, so I, like, I had, I was working then. So I had money and I was like, I'm going to get a one bedroom apartment where I can, like, not have to deal with assholes. Cause UT at the time didn't have any single, you know, solo dorms. And I'd had a series of terrible roommates. And I almost moved back because of the internet access. Yeah. I, totally. I didn't, like, like,
1: yeah, like I, I felt, <laughs> I felt wronged when I got to school and found out I didn't have any kind of fast internet. I was like, yeah. that was that was half the reason for going to college? What the fuck? Yeah, what am I paying for this for? Yeah,
0: um, yeah, it was, it was, it was the early internet. It's a fun time. It, it was, it was a t- like, in terms of things I learned about. I learned more on the day to day and, and honestly like the following the plant files and th- that's where I learned about 3d accelerators. And right. that was, that was what my first totally. writing, my first writing totally. job was
1: writing about 3d accelerators. Totally. Like so, I'm yeah. kind of, I was kind of the same as you. I was like a, I was like a solid B plus B+ student in college because I did pretty much the minimum I could get away with to spend the rest of my time messing with computer stuff and playing games and getting up to other nonsense. But we, yeah. But, but yeah, like it. But, I, you know, I started reviewing video games while I was still in school. Like the, that, the time, was well spent in one way or another. The
0: amount of time I spent trying to learn how to make a computer faster to play Quake better and like reading SIGGRAPH papers, like trying reading. I, I remember reading SIGGRAPH papers to try to decode Carmack plan file updates. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and
1: like, what as a result, world... I learned a
0: lot about how 3d accelerators work right. and was able to write reviews yes. of them. Yes, and wondering,
1: wondering what yeah. nerves meant led to, yeah. uh, led to developing a lot of real world job skills.
0: Yeah. Why did these, why did this power VR card I bought for 50 bucks from some guy down the hall make cracks in quake? Why, why are there holes in the walls in quake all of a sudden that aren't, are obviously not supposed to be there. Yes. Um, it was a weird time. Curved surfaces. You can't do that. How do how do benchmarks work? Yeah. Oh, God. Curved surfaces. Jesus. I forgot yep. about that. Yep. The things we couldn't do. Yeah. Um, I think that's as good a place as any to wrap yeah,
1: up. It was a fun trip down memory lane.
0: Yeah. I, I hope you all enjoyed. And and if you like this kind of conversation and more, you should uh, consider backing the Patreon at tech. Uh, sorry. Patreon.com dot com slash tech pod uh, in the Patreon discord, which you get access to at the two dollar level and above. Uh, you have access to such channels as. Old computer, old ass computers, yep. just network
1: things, code, code, code. It's a problem that uh, uh, Discord ins- uh, insists on inserting hyphens into every space. Yeah. Because that should be old hyphen ass space computers. I That's true. S- some people have read it as old space Ass computers? Ass hyphen computers? Yes. Old ass computers as opposed to old ass computers. Is an
0: ass computer I couldn't tell. A, a you. computer that's shaped like an ass, or I, a computer that goes in your ass. I, I don't
1: have a good answer for that. Okay. <laughs> it's just an unfortunate name that I think we're stuck with now. Um
0: as always, thank you so much to all
1: of our patrons who help support the yes, show. Totally. I, I get so much out of reading those conversations every week.
0: It is, it is a genuine joy every day to fire up the discord and see what people are talking about and learn yes. some new stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I
1: have to, I think we, well, we've been talking about it obviously in the intro the last couple of weeks, but I'd please keep the desk pictures coming. I have to salute all the yeah nice tidy desk photography that's happening in there. I, I'm, I'm, aiming to get my desk cleaned up and contribute myself. But I can't get enough of seeing people's setups, which is probably sad, but whatever.
0: I guarantee you that your desk was cleaner right now than mine was seven minutes after I finished cleaning my desk.
1: Uh, here's the extent of the. Oh, God damn, Brad. The extent just of the
0: mess. The, just post the picture. Oh, man, you have those Cambridge Soundworks speakers. Those speakers are Hell so yeah. good. Yeah, they are. Oh, you they don't make you, speakers like that anymore. Do you back me on this. Yeah, dude, I'm 100 with you on the Cambridge people, Soundworks. People,
1: these are 20 year old speakers, and people mock me for having them. But it's not like speakers go bad or something. <laughs> like good I speakers wish I are good had, speakers.
0: I wish I still had my Altec Lansing ACS, uh, the 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 ones that Redwood recommended. There totally. were two speakers that were hot in the quake scene in like yeah. 1999. The, the
1: Cambridge, the Cambridge Soundworks cubes, yeah. and the Altec Lansing.
0: Yeah, the Altec Lansing's had a wooden subwoofer, so I bought yeah. the
1: Altec Lansing's. They were yes. great. I thought it was, it's good speakers. Hold up, man, these things still sound great.
0: Um. Uh, very special thanks to our executive producer level patrons, David Allen, Kurt Brownwich, J- Jacob Chapel, and Andrew Cotton. You guys yes. are amazing. Yes. But everybody who supports, we appreciate everybody who supports the Tech Pod. And yes, you, have, um,
1: uh, you have uh unassailable taste in podcasts, I would like to say.
0: So this is definitely the <laughs> second best podcast that either of us are on, I think. Yeah. Um so yeah, thank you all for your support. Uh you can find out more about the podcast at techpod.content.town. Uh, and if you can't support the Patreon, that's fine. We love yeah. you anyway. Thanks for listening. Uh, just tell tell your friends. Yeah, I I love seeing people post about the podcast on Twitter. It's always nice to see like somebody yeah. saying something. S- spreading spreading the word yeah. helps too for yeah, sure. Exactly. Uh, and hey, Brad, you pointed this out before the show, but this this episode sometime with between now and when this episode is done, we're gonna have five hundred thousand downloads of the yeah. TechPod. yeah, that's half a million. Half a million, half a million, uh, hopefully
1: satisfied customers. Yeah, that's a a lot of downloads. I feel uh, flattered and gratified, but also plenty of imposter syndrome there. (laughs) Like, wow, people really want to listen to this? Okay.
0: No, sure.
1: We're providing a valuable service in these dark times. I guess Uh, so.
0: Everybody take care of yourself. Wear masks. Don't go out if you don't have
1: to. Yes, be safe, please. And if
0: you're out of the U.S., then
1: congratulations, because nice job. (laughs) At At least we know somebody can pull it off.
0: Yeah, uh, have a great week. We'll see you all next week. Uh, Thanks for listening.